0: You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Welcome to the How to Win podcast. My name is LP. I have the opportunity to stand in for Pastor Mike Moore today, and we look forward to this great message that we're about to get. And um, thank you all so very much for tuning in. Uh, Today's message that we're going to uh, discuss is called Overcoming Racial Divisions and Provoking Racial Conciliation. Overcoming Racial Divisions and Provoking Racial Conciliation. Now, I want to look at this particular term of conciliation and uh, just kind of get like a, a bit of a breakdown because we toss it around. Well, we toss around reconciliation. Um, we talk about that a lot, reconciliation. But um, I believe personally, we have to get some conciliation first <laughs> before we can do some reconciliation. And um uh Pastor Mike has uh really been uh talking about this particular issue uh for ongoing time now. Um a lot of the information that Pastor has been teaching us and sharing with us uh comes from his new book Muted Voice uh which is available on Amazon right now. Just want to encourage everyone if you have not ordered the book, please order the book Muted Voice by Pastor Michael D Moore. Um and so um conciliation, let's look at the term conciliation. Conciliation is the action of bringing peace and harmony, is the action of ending strife. The action of bringing peace and harmony, the action of ending strife. Now, what the conclusion that we've come to based off of A series of events that have taken place in this country over the years, as well as a series of events that have taken place in this country in modern times. Um, We have seen uh, that there is a lack of peace and harmony. We're talking about in this in this country, but specifically I want to discuss in the church. And so in the church, there have been a lack of peace there've been a lack of harmony and there's a desire or there should be a desire to end this strife um this is a uh, pastor mike has has been talking to us const- constantly about how the church has to spearhead this issue have to spearhead this issue um you see it being discussed in so many different Uh, on so many different platforms, uh, in the media, things of that nature. However, in the church for years, we've constantly, shh, we're not going to talk about that. You get what I'm saying? And so Pastor Mike is really, um, I myself, I have gained a lot of confidence to discuss this issue uh, because of the example that pastor have set before us. Um, And so again, we just want to talk about this issue because we really, 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 the body of Christ has to spearhead this. And uh, as I gave the definition of uh, the action of bringing peace and harmony, the action of ending strife. OK, in the last chapter of Pastor Mike's book, Muted Voice, he gave the lessons from a Christian racist. And he talks about a saved and spirit filled man by the name of Peter. Who had a lot of prejudice on the inside of him and one thing about these prejudice in this racism that he was functioning in it was because it was a cultural norm everybody say cultural norm it was a cultural norm that they dealt with among their culture how they didn't deal with those folks. <laughs> and so God <laughs> was telling Peter to go and do some work with the Gentile, but he was speaking to him through a vision, and in this particular vision, Peter was like, not so, Lord. <laughs> I've never dealt with anything that's common or unclean. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and God had to deal with him in order to do it, and he had to overcome his prejudice by actions. He had to follow the action. He had to have actions in following the voice of the Lord. And this is what the body of Christ has to do. We, in order for us to overcome these prejudices and the things that we have going on, we have to follow God's word. We need some action in following God's word. Everybody say, we gotta follow God's word. Type that in. We gotta follow God's word. Okay. Um, there is something, um, that I wanted to speak about, uh, Pastor Mike. He, he talks about how, how the way, one of the ways that Peter was delivered from the thinking that he had was by, uh, acclimation and pastor defined acclimation. When you adjust to a new climate, a new situation or a new environment. He said, when we adjust to a new climate, a new situation, or a new environment, see, we have become so comfortable. This is one of the issues that we have in our churches. We we are constantly seeking for comfort. We want to be comfortable in our Christian experience. We want to be comfortable. Everything that we want to do, we want to be comfortable So when we look at the text where where Paul was so, he was breaking it down that it's no more male or female, Jew or Greek. He said we are all one in Christ. And so to embrace that, that right there is going to remove a whole lot of comfort. And one thing about that comfort zone, that comfort zone is that that thing that pastor talked about years ago. He talked about um, the rocking chair of death you know, in a rocking chair, you're comfortable. You're comfortable in a rocking chair. You got movement going on. You're going back and forth, back and forth, but you're not going anywhere. And so in order for us to overcome this, we have to make some changes. Everybody say changes. And so with change, it is very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable for change. It's kind of like when you, you look at a caterpillar. Caterpillar is inching around on the ground and it goes up into a tree and it gets wrapped up into a cocoon. When it gets wrapped up into that cocoon, I'm sure whenever it get wrapped up in that cocoon, it got very and cozy, and went to sleep. But then as he began to change, it became uncomfortable in that cocoon. And as it became uncomfortable, it broke out of that cocoon and it became a beautiful butterfly. I believe that the body of Christ has to get out of the comfort zone that it has by us separating. I got my group over here. You got your group over here. Y'all do y'all thing. We do our thing, and we're supposed to be following the same Jesus, following the same Bible, <laughs> but we got all this other stuff going on. And in order for us to do these things of reconciliation or conciliation or us working together or coming together, it's going to be very uncomfortable to even talk about the issues that we're talking about. It's very uncomfortable. And a lot of ministers are afraid to talk about these these things because it is very uncomfortable. And unfortunately, a lot of people are walking in fear, even though your scripture says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power. But of what? Love. But of what? And a sound mind. So with that power, love and sound mindedness, we should be able to discuss these things in love. We should do it with power and we should have a sound mind. But if we still struggling with some junk on the inside in our communication of it, we won't be communicating out of a sound mind will be communicating out of hatred and fear and things of that nature. And so it's very important that we overcome these things and, and that we function in an acclimation so that we can adjust to a new climate, so that we can adjust to a new environment. It's very important that we come to that place. We have to make the necessary adjustments. I know it's it's comfortable with the way you've been doing worship. It's comfortable with the people that you've been doing worship with. It's comfortable, and it, but whenever it comes to worshiping with somebody that don't look like us, when it comes to getting in environments that we may not be comfortable with the way we do things in these environments, you understand what I'm saying? The cultural expression when it comes to worship, this may not be comfortable for you, but we have to get into a place to embrace the change that needs to take place. We have to have acclimation. Pastor Mike also told us we will never dismantle racism if we are in or we remain in our segregated spaces. Ooh, will never dismantle racism if we are in or we remain in our segregated spaces. Now, this means that we have to do some crossing over and be willing to cross over. And one thing that we the, the conclusion that we've come to what we have observed when it comes to the different cross, crossing over, we see it happen every now and then, but we usually only see it to where we cross over into a culturally an environment that we're not used to. We'll cross over into that and we'll, we'll get involved and we'll become comfortable in it. But we don't see that happening on the other end as far as other people groups crossing over into operating and dealing with us. And I'm gonna talk about why that is a thing. I'm going to talk about that uh, a little later. Um, uh, uh, Pastor, made, he made a quote. He said, a church in this unity has no authority to speak to a divided land. A church in this unity has no authority to speak to a divided land. Now, that is something that we have to, we have to understand that God gave us authority but we haven't been able to walk in that authority because we refuse to operate according to God's word. And one thing about authority, authority is stronger than power. Let me say this again. Authority is stronger than power. Let me give you an example. You can have a big old 18-wheeler coming down the street, and if a little old police officer who is the authority, steps out into the street and does like this, does his hand, sticks his hand out, that 18-wheeler is going to come to a screeching halt. Why? Because that police officer stands in a position of authority. And the 18-wheeler is in the position of power. And that 18-wheeler is very powerful and has the capability of running over the police officer. However, the police officer stands in a position of authority. This is the same thing about the body of Christ. We are supposed to be standing in a position of authority. And we have the capability of coming up against the powers that are in place, that have instilled these mindsets, that have instilled these attitudes, that have instilled these mentalities. But because of the division that we operate in, because of this disunity that we operate in, he said a church in disunity has no authority to speak to a divided land. He also talked about how diversity may create togetherness, but it will not create and even destroy segregation. But diversity will create he said, excuse me, but diversity will not create equality. Mm. He said it may create togetherness, but it will not destroy segregation, but diversity will create, he said it will not create equality. Diversity and inequality are not the same thing. Mm. He said, there can be no equality as long as there exists superiority and inferiority. Now, let's look at that from the position of the church. (laughs) And I want to talk about the two types of racial superiority among people. Number one, the first one is whites who feel that whites are superior whites who feel that whites are superior now watch this they don't hate blacks they just don't see blacks as being equal to them you have people that have that mindset you know that you know they, they they may be good people they don't hate black people or anything like that but if there is a superiority mindset it's not you know I, you know i don't have problems like however I don't see black people as being equal to me. And and that's where a lot of times where it's unfortunate that some people feel, you know, I've gotten into conversations and things of that nature. And I've basically been told not directly, but indirectly, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I can't receive what you're saying because you're black. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've experienced that, you know what I'm saying? And with me having the understanding that I have about the dynamics of this, I don't take offense to it. I'm not offended when that happens. You get what I'm saying? See, a lot of times, whenever that happens to people, people get offended. You know, like, oh, you're just doing that thing. You, you don't want to hear what I'm saying because I'm black. You know? Well, when you understand the dynamics of that, you won't take offense to it. You get what I'm saying? And you can't make people change their mind. Remember that you can't make people change their mind. You can just simply share information and you can pray that they change their mind, but somebody changing their mind, mind changing is that's what repentance is. Someone repenting, that has to be on their person. That has to be a personal desire of theirs. You get what I'm saying? So when you see this mentality, you should not get offended. Because again, you have to understand the dynamics of people having a superiority mindset. A person who feels that whites are superior, they cannot see a black person as their authority. They cannot see a black person as their authority, whether it be a political office, or a spiritual office. Ooh, This will help people to understand the dynamics of why for eight years, I can remember for eight years straight, I was constantly having discussions with white believers saying, listen, it is not okay for you to be talking about the president. President Obama, it's not okay for you to be talking about the president like that. <laughs> it's not okay for you to be saying what you're saying. That's not okay. You get what I'm saying? And it, and it's simply, it, I'm like, listen, listen, you are, I'm talking about believers, spirit filled believers. I'm, I'm, I, I can remember going toe to toe, like, listen, that is not okay for you to be saying the things that you're saying. That's not cool. You, if you have a problem with the president, you need to be praying for the president. That's what I was, I was I was harping on that for eight years straight. This is the reason why I had a problem with seeing believers, black believers, say a lot of the things that they were saying about uh, our current president and our current administration. The hateful things that people, Black believers was saying about the press. I had a problem with that because we, as believers, we have no business communicating these types of things and operating and behaving in that manner. You get what I'm saying? It works on both sides. It both ends. But just dealing with that other side, one of the reasons why a lot of our white brothers and sisters had such a problem with Obama because of the fact that he sat in a place, he, he was in a position Uh, he was in in an office, the political office. You know what I'm saying? And as I was saying, you cannot see a, 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 a person who feels that whites are superior. They cannot see a black person being their authority, whether it be political or spiritual. Now, this goes back to what I was saying about the crossing over. You see a lot of black people crossing over into predominantly white churches all the time. But a lot of times you don't see a lot of white believers crossing over into black environments. Why? Because the idea of submitting to a black pastor, it's like, I can't, I cannot see a black person as being my authority. And see, that's a scary thing because there is a lot of white brothers and sisters that God has raised up black pastors to pastor you. And that particular pastor is going to shepherd you, That particular pastor is going to feed you with knowledge and wisdom and understanding. God has been anointed. God has anointed that pastor to speak into your life, to help you, to give you the directions that you need to go in. But because you have a mentality of white superiority and you cannot see a black person being an authority figure in your life, you have said, I can't submit to a black pastor. And this is the reason why you don't see a lot of our white brothers and sisters crossing over into predominantly black churches. Now, let's talk about uh, the uh, (laughs) the second people, groups of people who believe in the superiority. Watch this, watch this. Black people who feel that whites are superior. You have black people who feel that whites are superior. And because you have black people who feel that whites are superior, they are dealing with an issue of inferiority, an inferiority complex. And that inferiority complex causes black self-hatred. Everybody say it with me, black self-hatred. We have to deal with this issue. This is why some black men don't want to nor do they respect black pastors because they cannot see blacks as their authority. Ooh. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> you got some black people. They can't see themselves submitting to a black pastor because they believe that blacks are inferior and that whites are superior. In other words, I can submit to a a white man, but I can't submit to no black man. Nah. (laughs) You you see this mentality. You can see if you ever work, I I want you to pay pay close attention on your job, right? If you observe the workers, how the workers deal with white management as opposed to how they deal with black management, they have a problem with the black management, but they do everything the white management say. They do. They they follow suit. Yeah, 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 boss. I take care of the boss. <laughs> but when it comes to black management, they gonna get the a black management a hard time. <laughs> They're Gonna get the a black management a hard time. Now, down to bring balance to that because I gotta bring balance to it. Just being one hundred, gotta bring bring balance to it. A lot of times, because uh, a lot of a lot of us have not seen what it looks like for, for blacks to be an authority, because you got to think about it. You know, when you, when you play sports, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times you play sports, you know, as you were coming through the ranks, you were observing, you were seeing who had all the power. You know, if, if you went to a predominantly black school, a lot of times, you know, it's been put in your head that the predominantly white schools were the better schools or whether good schools and you you continue on and then you look and you're looking at college and you're seeing the predominantly white colleges and you've been conditioned to believe those are the better colleges and and so the idea like if you say hey uh why don't you go to hbcu no ain't gonna know hbcu Mm-mm, no uh, because of the mindset the belief that an hbcu is an inferior education <laughs> because you see nothing but black people in leadership, you feel that nah that that's that, nah, that, that that's that's inferior. And 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 all of these are mindsets that we've adapted from the idea of black inferiority and the idea of white superiority. And, 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 and you would say, but but LP, the HBCUs do give the uh, inferior uh, education well, only 9% of black students go to HBCUs, yet 50% of black professionals came from an HBCU. Hmm. 50%, even though only 9% of black students go to HBCUs. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And so it's because of the mindset that anything that's black has to be inferior. So we live here in Birmingham (laughs) where it is a a majority black city, you got Miles College right here, in the in the vicinity, and black people make jokes about schools. HBC, like, you know, I you know I read Miles to the fullest. You know, I read Miles College. Black people in Birmingham laugh at me. <laughs> Miles College. <laughs> he talk about Miles. <laughs> that's because of the idea that anything that's black is inferior. We have to break out of it, and we believe that white is superior. And so this is the reason those are the, the, the two people: whites who feel that whites are superior and blacks who feel that whites are super, superior. We have to deal with this. This is an issue. But again, this is an issue that has to do with the heart and the heart of men has to be dealt with. And this is how the heart of men is dealt with, by us dealing with the word of God. And so that's what we're about to do. We're about to look at the word of God and see how the word looks at these issues. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said over here in John chapter 3, verse 34 through 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you and he said he said he said, and you should love one another by this all if I say all, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another hmm so he said he said they' gonna know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. That's how they're going to know that you're my disciples. In other words, they got a whole lot of disciples out here. They got a whole lot of students and disciplined ones. They got, they got a whole lot of schools of thoughts where they have people, followers who are very disciplined. All that. He said, but they going to know you my disciples by how you love one another. In the, in the beginning, he said... It said He said, he said, a new commandment that I give to you. This is a commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. (laughs) (laughs) So the same way he loved your knucklehead self, the same way he loved when you was out in the world acting a plum fool, the same way he loved you when you was wild and out of control. The same way he loved you. That's how we supposed to be loving one another. And when it comes to the body of Christ, when we have these cultural differences, in all actuality, it's no, it's because of the things that I see that I may not want to deal with. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to love you unconditionally through your mess. Because that word love in that whole text is the word agape. Everybody say agape. Agape love is the greatest form of love. It is characterized by commitment, even when people are not so lovable. Ooh. Don't forget how God demonstrated agape love to you. (laughs) Look at what it says. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter five, verse eight. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's that agape. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say y'all get yourselves together, fix yourselves, repent, get right, get yourself together. Okay. Y'all got yourself together. Y'all came out of the streets. Y'all stopped doing what y'all doing. Y'all stopped doing the bad stuff that y'all doing. Y'all stopped all that. Y'all got yourselves together. Okay. Now I'm finna die for y'all. No, it ain't go that way. <laughs> While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now watch this. When we look at that agape word and we plug it into that, that, that text that we just looked at, he said, a new commandment I give you, that you agape one another. That you love one another unconditionally. As I have agape you. <laughs> the same way I had unconditional love for you. Y'all supposed to love each other. And he said, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you agape by your agape for one another, your unconditional love for one another. So in order for us to cross over, in order for us to fellowship with each other, in order for us to have to do ministry with each other, we have to agape one another. Hmm. See, this is big boy. This is big boy work right here. You know what I'm saying? See, in this hour, God is calling. You remember that in that last session, God is calling us to a higher level. And so in this hour, God is, 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 is I was having a discussion with somebody and I was challenging them. I was challenging them. to to operate in love with someone that they was having some issues with. And I was challenging them. I was throwing, and I told, I said, you got to put your big boy, your big girl underwear on to do this stuff. that I'm telling you right now, you know what I'm saying? You you got (laughs) to, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. God is calling us to a place of maturity. And the only way we can do these things that we talking about, we have to be mature. But as long as we still babes in Christ, we have all of this, this, this these racial issues and, 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 and our refusal and these ideas of inferiority, seeing yourself as being inferior and seeing other people groups as being superior and you seeing yourself as superior and other people being inferior. Those are mindsets that comes out of sheer carnality. Mm, help us Holy Spirit, help us Holy Spirit. Those are mindsets that comes out of sheer carnality, carnal thinking, operating and functioning like the world. But as Jesus said, they're going to know that you are my disciples by how you agape one another. The world, people right now, they're turning away from God, turning away from the things of God, turning away from the church because they're looking at us in our carnality. They're looking at us in our immaturity. They're looking at us by operating in all of this division and operating in all this thing. And we refuse to show them that we are Christ's disciples. We refuse to show them because of our own personal selfish ambition because of our own personal fears that we refuse to overcome. Well, well, LP. I mean, I heard, I heard, I heard a white minister. He tried, he tried. I tried to teach on, on the issue of race in the church. But I began to receive threats from my congregants, threats that they will no longer tithe, threats that they will no longer attend my church. I tried, LP, but I want to encourage you, man of God, woman of God. My pastor told me something years ago, years ago. Pastor Mike told me something. He said, he said, LP, you're not called to everybody. Mm. And when he told me that, that set me free. That set me free. He said, you're not called to everybody. He said, if the people, when you share the things that you share, if the people don't call you back, LP, it's because you weren't called to them. Mm. When he said that, that that set me free. So I want to encourage you, pastor, that you're having issues with speaking on these things and speaking on race, racism, racial reconciliation, whatever. If you have people in your congregation that are talking about data, they, they're not coming back, or they're not gonna tie no more. Or they threaten you with all that. Those are those those are not your sheep. Those are not your sheep. But but those that that God have called you to be overseers over, when you open up and you share this type of information, those who have been called to that you have been called to minister to. They're going to hear you. They're going to receive what you're saying. And they're going to do the word because you got to, you have a responsibility to teach the good news. And as you are teaching the good news, they're going to receive it and they're going to walk in it. Hallelujah. Help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Listen to this. We have to commit to getting past offenses, egos, agendas, and false motives. We must come together in agape love in word, thought and deed for no other reason, but so that the kingdom of darkness can be exposed and the lost can believe that Jesus is who we say he is. Oh, Holy spirit help us on that. We have to commit to get past offenses egos. See a lot of us, we offended. You got black people who are offended with white folks. You got black people who are offended with black folks. You got white people who are offended. And so we have to get past these offenses. Look what it says. We have to get past these egos. A lot of people got their ego. My ego says I can't go and fellowship with them. (laughs) We have to get past agendas. You got a lot of people got agendas. They're not operating according to the Spirit of the Lord. They have a personal agenda in place. And we have to get past false motives. Mm. Look, Look what it said. We must come together in agape love. That's unconditional love. For no other reason. Get, get your personal agenda out the way, get your personal ego out the way, get your false motives out the way. We have to come together for no other reason but so that the kingdom of darkness can be exposed and so that the lost can believe that Jesus is who we say he is. Mm-hmm. So we're telling people that Jesus is love. We're telling people that Jesus loves you. We're telling people that Jesus wants to save you. But then they are observing how we are malfunctioning, how we have been malfunctioning in the body of Christ. Mm, wow. Look at what John chapter 14 says, starting in verse 23. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's, the father's who sent me. Mm. So many people feel that this is a hard saying and say that what Jesus is asking of us is too hard to do. (laughs) Listen, all the things that I'm talking about when it comes to us getting past our egos and getting past all of the carnal emotions that we have for the sake of doing what Jesus told us to do. We feel that's that's just too hard to do. LP, what you mean? Keep preaching this to my congregation and my congregation have been threatening to no longer come back. LP, you got to understand, I got bills to pay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This is what you're thinking. I got bills to to pay. I I understand that Jesus said that, but it's hard for us to do that because I'm thinking about my personal well-being. LP, you, you may be afraid. Some may be afraid for their lives. Some may have been threatened. Their lives have been threatened as a result of what they're teaching or uh, as a result of what they, what, what they may be teaching. But this goes back to another thing that Jesus said. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter six, he said, don't worry about your life. <laughs> don't worry about your life. Huh? And then he turned around. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Watch this. He said the pagans worry about these things. Ooh, help us, Holy Spirit. Deliver us from being pagans, from operating and functioning like pagans. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you've been seeking for will be added to you. hmm I want to encourage you right now go on Amazon right now order the book Muted Voice by Pastor Mike Moore. There's other things that's going to come with that and I want to encourage you to go through this book, get this information and share this information, teach this information. The body of Christ, it is very important that the body of Christ gets a hold to this information so that we can do what needs to be done. Because Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by how you love, how you agape each other. Hmm. Help us, Holy Spirit. Some people may have been raised in certain environments that have caused them to have certain prejudices and ideologies of such. There was a gentleman that I got the opportunity. He brought me in uh, years ago to come and minister at his church. And it really blessed him, you know, and he brought me back because he moved. He went to another church. He brought me back to the particular the new church that he was a part of. And guess what was one of the most prevalent issues going on in that community and in that church? Racism. He brought me in and I got the opportunity to, you know, I experienced some junk. You know, but I got the opportunity to minister to the people in that church. And I can remember afterwards, um, they came to me and they told me, LP, we needed to hear that. Thank you. They said we needed to hear that. And I can remember this particular, uh, this, 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 this uh, minister, he opened up to me and he told me, he said, LP, I was raised to be a racist. He said, I was raised to hate black people. He said, but when I got into God's word and I really began to meditate and study God's word, I realized that that was wrong and that I shouldn't be functioning like that. See, these are are real life issues that's going on. And what we have to do is be honest with ourselves. We don't want to submit to the word. We want to stay in the way. And as long as we stay in the way, We are hindering God from getting glory in the earth. Now, I'll say that again. As long as we stay in the way, we are hindering God from getting glory in the earth. We have a responsibility to get out of the way. We have to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus. Now, are we going to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus? Jesus said, if you don't do that, you are not worthy of me. Now, are we going to function as being unworthy or are we going to operate and function as loyal citizens of the kingdom of God? We have a responsibility to doing that. Now, with that being said, uh, in closing, um, I just want to read this last scripture because, again, a lot of these things may be hard to receive and a lot of these things may be hard to do. But Jesus told us in John chapter 14, starting in verse 26, he said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I will give you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm, mm, mm. The Holy Spirit, the Helper, <laughs> he said, I'm going to say, so the Holy spirit is going to help you in this situation. The Holy spirit is going to teach you all things in this situation. And he said, peace. He's going to leave with you. Not the peace that the world give, you know, cause like the old folks used to say, the, he said, the world ain't give me this. And the world can't take it away. <laughs> he said, Jesus said, this peace I'm going to give you. Huh? He said, it's not the peace that the world gives. And then finally he said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Amen. 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 So, um, uh, I, I think that was pretty cool. Um, I want to, um, address, uh, uh, um, uh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Should we? Okay. Question. Uh, there was a question that came in and said, uh, should we give perhaps a greater attention to prosperity in every area of life so that we can be more effective in destroying racism in the body of Christ? Uh, and they said, is John is is third John one two the answer to the problem of racism in the body of Christ? Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. Um, there's some dynamics to, you know uh, having platforms, you know, being prosperous to have platforms, but, uh, but, but the issue of racism is purely a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Now, I believe that we, you know, as a people, we have the capability of, um, surviving in a racist environment by us being prosperous, having prosperity in order to take care of ourselves and not depend on other people to help us or to give us anything. I I can agree with that. But as far as with the body of Christ, there should be, it's a heart issue that has to be dealt with and it has to be a repentance. You know what I'm saying? It has to be a change of mind uh, in order for us to overcome these issues of racism that we're dealing with. You know, it's all a heart issue. It's a, it's a, it's a, heart a hard issue that we have to deal with. Um, so, um, that was the, uh, the only question that we had. All right. That was the only question. Thank you. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. Um, uh, thank you, Pastor Mike, uh, for the opportunity, uh, again, to share the word. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. of oh God, I love you. And, uh, shouts out to everybody, uh, that tuned in today. I hope you were blessed. I hope you were encouraged and, uh, I see y'all at the top. God bless you.